1: Everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. Today's me Jeff and I'm here with Aaron and Greg and we're going to be talking today about Moab, Utah. So if you saw our article today, we just released a list of 50 of the state mountain bike capitals in the USA and along with that we named a national mountain bike capital which happens to be Moab. So we thought we'd talk about that selection and Give some info about Moab from our experiences riding there over the years. So I want to start off by asking what makes Moab so special?
2: I'd say there's three things that make Moab special. One being the quality of trails, two being the variety of trails, and three being the history of Moab. It's been uh, a mecca, a big destination for mountain bikers for a, over a couple decades now, probably. And the place just continues to get better. So I think it's, um, you know, it's those three things that make it stand out as kind of the, like as the article says, the mountain bike capital of the U.S.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the history of mountain bikers in Moab. I actually looked it up, and uh, Slick Rock was laid out as a trail in 1969. It was originally for motorcycles, but even then it was open to bikes and people started riding mountain bikes there pretty soon after it was laid out. So, yeah, definitely been a place mountain bikers have been flocking for a long time.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention the history as well, because you're talking about it being a motorcycle trail 69. Like, there weren't very many um, destinations back then. Like Tourism wasn't nearly as big of an industry as it is now, but Moab was still major destination even before mountain biking came along you know you had the motorcyclers the jeepers and all the national park traffic um, even back then and so it's like been this long time destination um, and then mountain bikes sort of adopted it which i think is kind of interesting
1: what's also interesting about moab is that unlike a lot of you know mountain bike destinations in the u.s there really isn't like a resort there it's not necessarily a resort town i mean it's it's a cool town because it's, it's really diverse. You could go there on a shoestring budget and, you know, camp out in BLM land and uh, just kind of be a dirtbag mountain biker. Unlike a lot of places, you know, like in Colorado, you know, a lot of times you're going to be in a resort town that's a little bit shishy and, you know, there's lots of money to be spent, but in Moab, anybody can show up there and have a good time and have access to all the trails. You know, none of it's private land or anything like that you don't need to buy a lift ticket to ride anywhere you do need to pay a parking fee at a couple of places like five bucks but again it's nothing like some of the other mountain bike destinations that are out there yeah i'm
0: piggybacking off of what aaron said a bit ago um the other cool thing about moab even today is how they keep expanding and they keep growing um you know you read about some destinations or visit some destinations and from year to year there's very little change in the trail there But Moab has been averaging 30 to 40 miles of new single track every year for the past several years. So if you're only to visit Moab once a year, you're going to have new trail to ride every single time you go there. And that's not something that can be said of uh, really very few places. Um, And finally, like the new trails they're building um, incorporate all the latest trail building techniques and design techniques. So the newest single track is some of the best stuff that Moab has to offer, so you know we're not just riding slick rock for the past you know forty years like it keeps changing. The final thing is how beautiful Moab is, so even from downtown Moab, you just have gorgeous views of the rocks surrounding you and the desert um and While most people think of Moab as a desert, it's actually has a really diverse ecosystem with the La Salle mountains close by, so you can experience high alpine above treeline riding uh, depending what time of year you're there everything from that all the way down to low desert so uh, it's an extremely diverse place and while we tend to pigeonhole it into maybe just being desert riding or one thing or another um, it actually has a ton of diversity to offer us
1: right so there are literally dozens of mountain bike trails in and around moab so what are your favorite mountain bike trails to ride I would say the whole Enchilada is by far, it's still the best trail I've ever ridden.
0: Um, it's its really hard to compete with that trail. It's uh, generally done as a shell route, about roughly 30 miles long. Um, it still has a few pretty wicked climbs in it. But speaking of that um, diversity of ecosystems, on the whole Enchilada route, if you do the entire thing, you top out above tree line and then you descend down through uh, high alpine and tr- pine trees and then into aspens and then into scrub oak and then you eventually find like high desert you start getting to the rocks and dirt and then you eventually end in low desert where there's like zero vegetation uh, and it's just hot as blazes and that descent from top to bottom uh, drops about 7,000 vertical feet which is just absolutely massive so it's a ride of truly epic proportions uh, both in ecosystem and views and, uh, and the riding itself is, is fantastic. The trails and the technical aspect and how entertaining it is. So, um, there's tons of great trails in Moab, but it's hard to beat the whole enchilada.
1: Yeah. I'm going to call, I'm going to call cheating on that one because the whole enchilada, yeah, it is pretty much everything. And my favorite trail that I was going to mention is Hazard County, which is part of the whole enchilada sort of in the middle there between the high alpine and then the desert at the bottom. Um, but I, I really loved hazard County for the views, but also because it's, it's a section that's really just basically a flow trail, a flow trail that, you know, rushes down the mountain. It's got really cool bank turns and there's even some little jumps and things at the top. Um, but for me, yeah, that's, that trail is just so much fun to ride.
2: Yeah, I definitely cheated, too, and called uh, the whole enchilada my favorite trail, even though it is a, uh, a more of a route. It's, you know, combining several trails together. But like Greg said, I mean, it, you, you can't beat the whole enchilada.
1: Well, so most people have probably heard of the whole enchilada, but what are some other trails that are kind of off people's radars when they're visiting Moab that maybe they should check out?
2: I would definitely recommend the Amasa Back area. I think that's kind of one of the newer, um, newer areas that they've been developing trails in Moab, and trails like Captain Ahab. It's a another one where you just you get amazing views. You, you kind of ride up to the top of this plateau, and it's mesa, and you can you know, there's amazing views of the river, and then it's just a rowdy, ledgy. Technical descent on the way back down kind of similar to what you would find on uh, like lower porcupine rim which People are probably most one of the more uh, familiar trails in Moab. So that's that's a really cool area. And then you have uh, the mag seven trails just up the road from from um, from Moab and that's kind of more uh Tend to have not as much elevation, but it's a lot, a lot of that technical, ledgy desert riding as well.
0: Yeah. If I'm thinking of stuff that's like really off the radar, but still, like, not you can still navigate it. Um, there's some stuff out there that's just kind of insane, but you know, I think Ahab's definitely getting on people's list because it's just fantastic. But in the Amasa back area, there's a trail called Jackson that, um, is reported to be like absolutely insane and unrideable, but I found it to be um, quite rideable for 90% of it and just totally fantastic. And so most people avoid it because they think it's um, crazy and there's like, if, it's, if you ride it in the springtime, there's potentially a chest or head deep uh, river crossing at the bottom. So it kind of keeps off people's radar, but if you hit it at the right time, it's a truly epic ride. And then uh, I'd also say the Klondike Bluffs trail system. It's a, it's a huge – that Klondike Bluffs in and of itself is a huge trail system. My close estimate puts it it's somewhere in the 50-mile range in just that network, but very few people uh, go out there to ride. And it's because it's sort of like out-of-town a ways. It's not next to all the other riding. Um, and it's all sort of – there are no big climbs or descents. And – it's, it's a big sort of complex network, which makes it a little bit more difficult to, to ride than just shuttling the whole enchilada. So those would be my two under-the-radar picks.
1: Yeah. One of the cool trails, or I guess actually a couple of trails that I found on a trip to Moab are, uh, one, one's called Moonlight Meadows, and the other is called Clark Lake. I think they connect into each other. Um, but basically, these are two trails that are up in the sort of alpine part of the moab area just south of Burrow pass so these are trails you wouldn't hit on the whole enchilada but um both of them are through these like aspen valleys there's like a little river running or a little stream running through it um and basically these are just like cow trails like literally there are cows on the trail um but they're it's like super skinny rutted single track you know the kind of stuff that you would think that you would only find in a place like Colorado but uh, those two trails are up there and not a lot of people ride those so I definitely recommend checking those out if you're into that kind of riding um, so we talked about some of our favorites and some of the off-the-radar stuff what are some overrated trails in Moab? Slick Rock. That's all that needs to be said right there
0: um, <laughs> Slick Rock uh, still ranks really highly in our database um, but like Jeff said it was originally laid out in 69, which I didn't know before. I mean, that's crazy. So it's just had a long time to acquire reviews and have people rave about it. And so you'll run into somebody who's like, I biked Moab back in 85 and SlickRock was the jam, you know, and it was the jam in 85, but um, Slick Rock's a really unique experience. And it's, it's kind of tough because if you're talking about like must rides in Moab, SlickRock is kind of one of those if you've never done it, but it's sort of a one-and-done deal. Uh, I've ridden it two or three times now, and it's, yeah, it's not really worth doing more than once.
1: Yeah. Well, I noticed, too, one of the trails that a lot of people talk about when they talk about Moab is Porcupine Rim. And though it is part of the whole enchilada, um, yeah, none of us really mentioned it as, as a must-ride or a... Um, yeah, as an important trail. So, do you guys think it's is it overrated or what's the deal with Porcupine Rim?
2: I don't think Porcupine Rim's overrated. I would definitely rank that among my favorite trails there. You know, probably my favorite section of the the whole enchilada is the Porcupine Rim. But uh, no, Porcupine Rim's fantastic. I think that's a must ride. I would definitely put it above uh, Slick Rock. Obviously, I mean, I think Greg hit the nail on the head saying it. Slick Rock is unique, and a base, it's novel, you know, so once you do it, you're like, oh, this is cool, I can climb, you know, what, 45% grades, but after a while, you're like, oh, that's like all I'm doing, you're just <laughs> climbing these really steep, fairly short, you know, rocks, and then you bomb back down into, into like a foot of sand, so you lose all your speed, and then you have to crawl back out the other side, and that's the entire trail, so... I, and granted, my, my first experience there was a little bit uh, tainted because I um, blew up a rear wheel, and so I actually ended up riding all the way back to town. I couldn't coast. I blew up my free hub, so I went all the way back to town. I bought a new wheel, put it on, rode back to the trail, and by that time, it was the middle of the afternoon. It was blazing hot, and I ended up crashing uh, on <laughs> Slick Rock um, when I couldn't quite caressed one of the, the really steep climbs. I flipped over backwards. I broke my saddle, um, smashed my GPS, and got a Jesus. flat. So I was <laughs> I was not very pumped on uh, Slick Rock. I mean, it definitely yeah. soured my experience. But even going back and riding it later and having a, a much easier time of it, I was still like, eh, hey, this is... Compared to what else Moab has to offer, I think Slick Rock's pretty low on my list of to-dos.
0: <laughs> yeah. And sort of looping back to Porcupine Rim, I think the reason we just haven't mentioned it is you know back in the day Porcupine Rim was like a ride by itself, but now there's not really a reason to do Porcupine Rim unless you do some other part of the whole enchilada with it. Um even like s- during the spring and late fall when it starts snowing up high, uh, the shuttle companies will still run you up to Hazard County or UPS or LPS. So generally you can do something else with porcupine room in it. it. You know, doing Porky by itself is kind of, you know, 1990, I
1: guess. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So Aaron, you mentioned a really hot ride out at slick rock. What's the best time of year to hit Moab? Because it is a desert and it can get very, very hot.
2: Not the summer, <laughs> I would say. So, um, yeah. I've been in um I think every time I've been to Moab it's been either very late summer or early fall. I've been in there August, September, and October and October was uh was beautiful and it was almost ideal conditions, although we did we did get snow the day that we rode uh the whole enchilada. We did get snow up on um on Burrow Pass, which made for an interesting ride down. But I would I would generally say probably you know, mid-September to October would be kind of the ideal time or uh, kind of early spring?
0: Yeah, so the interesting part to me is like spring is by far the most popular time to visit Moab. People are sick of winter. They're like, we're going to the desert. We're going to ride our bikes. Um, And generally, the weather's okay, but you can get some spring squalls in there. And you definitely can't ride the high stuff because it's still snowy, but – because everybody's like sick of winter, it is Moab is packed out every single weekend in the spring. Like it's just, there are people all over the place. Um, and it's because everybody wants to go there in the spring and it's pretty good riding. But uh, I found fall to be even better weather and like way fewer people. So if you're willing to go in the fall, it's a pretty good
1: choice. Yeah, that's a good tip. And there are events like Outer Bike happening in the fall um, and. There's also, I think there's enduro race there, some falls too. So yeah, that's a good, good excuse to visit Moab. So when you guys go to Moab, where do you usually stay? seems like there are several options, but I wanted to find out, yeah, sort of what you guys have found.
0: I found BLM campgrounds to be the best um, as a general sort of overview. Like there's a lot of private campgrounds, there's a hostel. Um, If you like hotels, there's hotels, uh, but I found BLM campgrounds to be way better than the private ones personally. Um, And so far my favorite BLM campground is actually Sand Flats, which is directly adjacent to Slick Rock, which uh, is pretty convenient and really nice out there.
2: Yeah. Kind of like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, there is, it's kind of choose your own adventure there. You can either go the, the uber cheap shoestring budget, dirtbag camping route, or there's, there's hotels there. I've, I've done both, Um, you know, while I've, uh haven't stayed in a really fancy hotel in Moab. I don't even know if they exist there. You can find reasonable hotels and especially if you're splitting it with some buddies or even if you find a place to rent, you can you can get to get to Moab and have a good time there for for not a ton of money.
1: So, is there like an itinerary that maybe you guys could lay out for people based on the number of days that they want to stay and rides they definitely need to hit? The problem with Moab is like If you spent a
0: month in Moab and didn't work at all, you still couldn't hit all the trails in Moab. Like it's it's crazy, you know. So I don't know. It's just a tough one.
2: As far as how long your trip should be, I think to get a a, the smallest taste of Moab, you would need to spend at least three days there. And as Greg mentioned, you could spend a month there and still be riding new trails every single day but I think anywhere from three days to a week is a good time to spend there and you have to kind of consider that Moab's in the middle of nowhere it's not the easiest place to get to Uh, when I've gone I've typically flown into Grand Junction which is in far west Colorado and driven it's only about uh, maybe a little over an hour drive once you get to Grand Junction so you got to work to get there so you know it's not something that you know, is ideal for a a weekend getaway, at least if you're, you know, flying across the country to, to do so. But, um, yeah, I think, I think three days and, you know, getting a good mix, doing the, the Amasa back stuff one day, and then definitely working in, uh, the whole enchilada as kind of your, your really big day, maybe in the middle. And then on the third day riding up at mag seven or, you know, hitting, uh, the porcupine rim again or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'd say three days minimum a week if you can.
0: I'll just throw in a few random pro tips since we've already sort of covered a lot of the basic logistics. So, you know, there's just always discussion of where to eat in Moab. And the problem with Moab is they, there's a lot of restaurants, but there's not really anything that that's out. Um, there is a brewery in Moab, Moab Brewery. Um, but while the beer is decent there, it's not like super fantastic, but it's worth drinking. Um, however, they've got pretty excellent burgers and food as well. Um, general pro tip for Utah if you're drinking at the bar, be sure to order bottled beer because you can get full blown high gravity beer. But if you order beer off the tap, it's going to be 3 2. So make sure you order bottles. Um, people often say, you know, bring your booze with you to Utah, but you can buy quality beer uh, in the grocery store now in Utah, which you know, is a change from the past. And there are more and more breweries popping up all over Utah. So you can actually get some good uh, local brews if you keep your eyes open. Um, Other random Moab tips. If you're camping out in the desert and you want water, there's like an outfitter in town that will give you as much free water as you want. Um, So that's always a bonus. I personally like to go to Moab and do like working trips, since so I can work mobily, so I will we'll go hang out for a week, work, and then ride in the evenings. And uh, it's a fun time. And if you want to do something of that nature or you need internet access, the library public library mob is pretty fantastic. They've got like work cubicles, free Wi Fi, high internet, um, and books if you, you still read books. So um, <laughs> So there's a lot of sort of random things that you might not uh, expect Moab to offer um, that if you dig in a little bit, you're like, wow, you know, this has got what I need. And final tip, which I still haven't made use of, there's actually even a a jump park in Moab. It's like off the beaten path, but there's jump lines and pump tracks and a skills park, which could be fun for an afternoon uh, just hanging out with the guys after your long ride on the whole enchilada. So – Generally, people think of Moab just as that strip you roll down and you just try to get through it as fast as possible. But if you start looking around a little bit, I'm sure you'll find um, more than initially meets the eye.
1: Yeah, those are great tips. So beyond sort of the standard trip of, you know, booking a hotel and rolling into town and riding the trails, what are some other ways that people can experience Moab that don't involve, you know, sort of your typical trip?
2: Well one you mentioned earlier was Outer Bike and that's a kind of a, a trade show but it's open to the public and it's where you can go and demo bikes from a ton of different manufacturers so if there's if you're in the market for a new bike or if there's just you know you just want to go spend a weekend riding a bunch of cool bikes that you wouldn't necessarily be able to otherwise that's a that's a really good event to go do. And another one you mentioned there's a typically an Enduro there I think a Big Mountain Enduro Series has a stop there. At least they have in the past. I did it uh, a couple years ago, um, and that they usually incorporate the uh, the whole enchilada in that as well. So if you're if racing's your thing, that's definitely. Uh, Something that Moab offers as well.
0: If you're part of the more endurance minded crowd and are interested in racing, there's also an uh, an annual stage race in Moab called Moab Rocks. And it's generally three days of um, cross country style stage racing. And you do roughly 30 miles of riding per day on some of the best trails in Moab. So uh, if you like being timed and having the course laid out, that's a great sort of three day intro to some of the best trails that Moab has to offer.
1: Yeah. And one of the ways that I've experienced Moab is through bikepacking. So bikepacking might not be the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Moab, but there are actually several great options there in the area. So one of the bikepacking routes that a lot of people do is the white rim trail. And this is a roughly hundred mile loop. I think that, um, that you need a permit to do it, so only a few people are able to do it like every weekend, but um, it's a, a cool route, something that's really unique and can be a fun bikepacking trip, a really unique way to see the terrain around Moab. Um, there's also the Cocopeles Trail that ends in Moab. This trail starts uh, in the Fruta area over on the Colorado side, um, and I believe it's roughly 150 miles or so. And you can do it, you know, self-supported, or there are even outfitters that will help sag you along the way. So that could be a really fun bikepacking trip as well. And then the trip that I did was one that was uh, hosted or organized by the San Juan Adventure Hut System. So this was a hut-to-hut trip, and we started in Durango and rode over the course of a week from Durango to Moab and finished by riding basically the Hazard County or sorry the whole Enchilada Trail um, down from the La Salles. So bikepacking is definitely something to consider um, if you're going to be visiting Moab. So I mentioned Fruita and before we finish our discussion of Moab a lot of times people when they're talking about Moab they also talk about Fruita because Fruta is not too far away and a lot of people convince themselves that they need to stop in Fruita and kind of do both at the same time. What do you guys think about that, about Fruita and Moab? Are those two that you would do together or, yeah, what's the deal with Fruita? Here's the issue. There's more
0: riding in Moab than you could do in a month of riding. In Fruita, not quite that much, but it's it's more than you could do in a week in Fruita. So people are like, oh, I'm going to lump Fruita and Moab into a trip and then I'm going to go to this other place. And it's like, you can't really do all that riding in that amount of time. Like if you, if you have like one week. Um, so sure you could do both of that, uh, but you're going to be stretching yourself pretty thin and you're just not going to be able to do all of it. I mean, you almost need to do like a dedicated Moab trip and then do a dedicated Fruta trip um, the next year. Personally, I'm more of a fan of Moab. Um, and once I'm in the car driving, like doing an extra hour of driving to Moab isn't, Like gonna kill me. So, for the all the people are like, oh, Moab's too far. I'm just stopping in Fruta. They're coming from Colorado. I'm like, yeah, one more hour is not that big of a deal. Uh, One hour and a half, maybe. So, um, yeah, doing them together though, I just don't see that going over well.
1: Enough said. A
2: couple pro tips I've got. Um, like like Greg said, there's there are plenty of restaurants in Moab. A lot of them. Are just kind of your run-of-the-mill um, restaurants, but there's there's a variety. They have they've got you know Chinese restaurants and pizza and pasta and bar food and whatever. Um, but there is one place that really uh, stands out to me, and that's uh, the Love Muffin Cafe. It's right on the main drag, and it's just really good. Um, you know, hearty breakfast and and lunch, and they're open at. 6 a.m., so it's a great place to go and get a big, you know, egg and cheese and bacon burrito and some potatoes to fill up if you're going to have a big day. So definitely give a shout-out to the Love Muffin Cafe. And then if if you're staying there for an extended period of time, if you're in Moab for a week and, you know, maybe you don't want to kill yourself riding every day, um, I would definitely suggest checking out the Arches National Park, which is just, you know, just a few minutes down the road from – Uh, downtown Moab but it's it's incredible it's definitely worth the trip so I would highly recommend checking out Arches while you're there
1: yeah those are good tips as well well this has been a fun discussion about Moab hopefully people are getting stoked about a trip there in 2016 if you have a minute today definitely be sure to check out our list of the state mountain bike capitals just published today including our nation's mountain bike capital Moab That's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us. Peace.